0: I think you all know we're here to discuss uh, um, clean energy and local efforts to uh, battle climate change this evening. We have a presentation by, by two individuals um, to discuss that. Um, it's very timely because I think you all noticed on tonight's council agenda is a resolution being introduced out of the Sustainable Madison Committee relating to 100% clean energy um, by, by Madison. Um, so with us tonight to, to start things off is the chairperson of the Sustainable Madison Committee. So Raj Shulka um, will start us off, and he'll introduce Elizabeth Cat Reinders from the Sierra Club, and then uh, both of them will give us presentations, and we'll try to save the questions for the end of their presentations. Thank you both for being here.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Alder, and thank you all for being here this evening as we discuss what is, I think, on all of our minds right now as... The current Congress has just been sworn in as our state legislators have been just sworn in it's kind of incumbent on all of us to figure out how communities like ours, our local communities can lead on issues where we don't necessarily see a lot of options to lead on in other in other venues. Um, the Sustainable Madison committee, at your direction from uh, the energy work plan that you all passed in June, uh, has spent the last few months speaking with uh, experts in a variety of different fields, speaking with um, members of the community on how Madison can lead on climate change issues in particular. After months of discussion and with the assistance and leadership of Alders Wood and Alders Ahrens, we've developed a resolution to put Madison on course for 100% renewable energy and net-zero carbon emissions. Um, I will talk more about the specific, excuse me, the specifics of that resolution after we first, first hear about the sort of national context that we're working in. So. Uh, with that, I'll introduce Elizabeth Cott Reinders, who's the statewide director of Sierra Club's Beyond Coal campaign. She can give you a sense of what's happening all over the country and how Madison can be a part uh, of a pretty amazing transformation that's taking place in the energy world um, and, and in local governance, period. So, with that, Elizabeth Cott Reinders. Thank you.
2: Um, is it all right to I sit down? Is that? I know I won't see all of you, but... So thanks again for the opportunity to come and speak to you all. Happy New Year. And um, we will make sure that we keep this within your time to keep you on track for everything else. So if we go quickly through some of these things, then we can just come back to that uh, during the questions. So I um, have lived here in Madison for 14 years. I'm a a resident of Madison, and as um, Raj just explained, I work for the Sierra Club. So a little bit about the Sierra Club. We're the largest and the oldest grassroots environmental organization in the country, um, we work at the national, state, and local levels. I'm guessing some of you may even be long-time members. Um, in, when the stars align, in the best of cases, as we have here in Madison, we have staff and volunteers from our national programming, from our state chapter, the John Muir chapter, and the local Four Lakes group that's comprised all of volunteers working together on issues. And so that is our, our Beyond Coal team has all of those folks, and we're really happy to be able to be working here in Madison where we have such great leadership at the local level. Um, I'm going to just give a little bit of background on the campaign across the nation, give you a snapshot of what is happening across the country, and then make the pitch of how Madison can lead on these issues. So um, the Beyond Coal campaign got its start early in in the early 2000s, and What the first phase was was stopping new coal plants from being built. So that was really for the first decade, 2002 to 2013, stopping new coal plants from being built. And we were very successful in those efforts. Um, From 2010 through the present, the focus has really been on replacing existing coal fleets across the country with clean energy. go in and working with utilities, working with communities to retire coal plants or get them on track to retire, and again, replace with clean energy. Um, The the phase that we've entered into now and that we'll be heading into into the foreseeable future here is to really lock in a carbon-free grid. The goal of the Beyond Coal campaign is to work to decarbonize our electricity sector, so that's our goal, that's where we're headed, and that's the context in which our work is done. Um, let me there we go. So, why do we care about coal? Because while we all love electricity, <laughs> we have to look at how it's generated. And from cradle to grave, coal is a killer. You look at the impacts on public health and water and air from when coal is being extracted from the ground to when it's transported on trains through communities or exported by water, when we burn it and we're, the air pollution that results from that, um, smog, all the secondary public health impacts, and of course, climate change and the impacts of climate change. We also know that these impacts are not distributed um, equitably, that there are disproportionate impacts in communities around the country where, um, whether it's a coal mine or whether it's a plant, um, you see, we're no longer burning coal in the heart of the isthmus, but when we flick on our lights, that power is coming mostly from coal plants, and so we're really just exporting those problems. So what you see up here is just a little bit about the health benefits of retiring coal and moving to clean energy. Um, We we know that this transformation to clean energy means an opportunity to invest in communities, especially in those that have been disproportionately impacted by fossil fuels or underinvested in historically. Um, so these are opportunities where we can bring good-paying jobs. Clean energy is one of the fastest-growing sectors of the economy, and so we see that um, the choices we make here in Madison can lead to these positive health impacts, not only right here in our community, but in the communities where coal is burned and where coal is mined. Let's see, I've got both a mouse and a and another here. So. Why do people care about this, and how did Sierra Club get engaged with with the Madison efforts to go to clean energy? We're finding people care for a lot of reasons that I've touched on. Some people are very passionate about the impacts of climate change. We're seeing, you know, cities being flooded in Iowa. We're seeing wildfires, droughts. I don't need to preach to the choir here. This is an educated group that understands the impacts of climate change are very real and that um, the electricity sector and burning fossil fuels is a huge contributor to it. People care because of climate change. We've had people show up to these meetings and talk about how they're checking air quality indexes because of their asthma. And then there's people who just see the opportunity to really create a clean energy economy here by focusing on energy efficiency, installing solar, installing wind, where instead of shipping our money out of state to purchase fossil fuel electricity, we can keep it here locally with technicians, with engineers, with uh, energy efficiency experts, and and the like. So I won't won't belabor that point, but the point is we can create a lot of positive outcomes by heading this direction. Um, So a little bit about how we got engaged with the resolution and the process of making Madison a clean energy leader. As you heard, Raj is gonna be speaking more in depth about the resolution itself. Um, But what I can share is that we were following along when, back in June, the Council passed the energy work plan. I want to thank you all again for your leadership on that. As you know, part of the passing of that work plan directed the Sustainable Madison Committee to reassess carbon and energy goals in light of current science, technology, and community sentiment. We were thrilled to see that focus and that prioritization, and we started turning up to those meetings along with many members of the public. Um, Over the course of August to December, we saw members of the public, those numbers growing from eight people at the first meeting to over 60 people showing up at the last meeting. These are meetings happening, as you know, downtown where parking can be difficult, in the middle of a workday. And in the case of December, it was pretty frigid temperatures. And so the fact that that many people are making the effort to get there, to weigh in either in writing or by making public comment, that is testimony to how important this is. We've also had over 200 people submit online public comment that we would then submit at the meeting in support of the resolution and um, really commending and supporting the committee and the council for showing, for showing leadership on this. So now I, um, I'll skip over the parts about the resolution since Raj will go there, but very high level, as Raj said, clean energy, net zero carbon goals for the community at large, but allocating resources to develop a plan to get there for city operations. So our interest at Sierra Club, is we're very supportive of the entire thing, but what I'll focus on is that community-wide piece and the role the city can play there, as well as really focusing in on the electricity sector because that's the focus of our work. Um, We believe the city can set the vision and lead by example and then work with residents, businesses, community members, and our utility to figure out how we get there to reach those goals community-wide because that will obviously be a little bit of a different process than moving city operations there. So now I'm going to step back and just nationally paint a little bit of a picture here. Um, Across the country right now, Coal use is at about 30%. uh, It's down to about 30%, and that's according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration as of September of 2016. Um, What you'll see here in the graph is it goes by year until we get to 2016, and then it's by month, so the scale changes a little bit. But the point is coal use has been declining across the country. Um, Sierra Club's vision, and the vision of many here in Madison who are getting engaged, is to really accelerate clean energy and energy savings in our homes, our buildings, and cars by squeezing out fossil fuels and replacing with 100% renewable energy. We're looking at this by 2050. So you'll hear with the resolution it goes beyond the electricity sector. You're looking at all sectors, and that includes transportation. Um, We see the electrification of the transportation sector, but we want to see those vehicles powered by clean energy. So the reality is that the the future is already here. It's just not evenly distributed. There are cities around the country heading this direction that are um, putting policies in place, directing funds and resources to make these changes, In all of these sectors, there's models out there to look to, um, and this is just a little bit of a picture of the the 100% clean energy with all sectors. So as I said, there's cities that are working their way there. Um, This shows in blue you've got the cities that are already powered by 100% renewable energy, and again, this is electricity sector now. I know we're going back and forth a little between all sectors, but this is now focusing on electricity. Um, The red are those committed to renewable energy, and green are those working towards 100% renewable energy. And I'm very proud of our city that after this recent action by the Sustainable Madison Committee, we've got a little green mark on the map there showing that we are on our way there. Um, There is... Broad and intense support for clean energy. So these are some results from a national online survey of 2,000 voter-aged adults conducted by the Global Strategy Group, which was commissioned by Here Now and Sierra Club. And we asked people to rate their support for a goal of 100% clean energy by 2050 across the whole U.S. I can do this. Um, Not only are people supportive, but they're also willing to take action to make 100% clean energy a reality. Some actions may be small, others are more like political engagement, but people are responding saying this is a priority and we're willing to get involved, we're willing to support our elected officials in heading this direction. So this is what we're looking at nationally um, and Madison is lagging behind those national trends. So um, our city is served by the small investor-owned utility Madison Gas and Electric, which we all know um, most Most of their electricity is coming from coal. I took this from their website here, so there's a source above. 48% is coming from their two coal-fired power plants that they're part owners at. Um, 30% is purchased, and a lot of that is a medley of mostly coal and natural gas. 9% from oil and gas, and about 13% from clean energy. Um, And then they've also done surveys of their customers. Again, the source is available there. And 96% of the customers surveyed said it is important to increase renewable energy sources. And 7 in 10 ranking that transitioning to a more sustainable energy supply as one of the top three most important goals. So we're seeing not only nationally that there's broad and intense support for a transition to clean energy, but we're seeing it here locally as well. So back to the national polling, we see that despite the support, people do sometimes feel that it could be hard to achieve these goals because of a lack of political will or because of obstruction from fossil fuel companies, the strong lobbies they have at the federal level. Um, But the believability – of this 100% clean energy goal increased when people heard specific examples of cities, states, and even countries that are already getting a majority of their energy from clean and renewable sources. So that is heartening, and that brings me back to the cities. This is an image from a case study report that we've made available to the Sustainable Madison Committee and is on Legistar. I'll make sure that that resource gets sent out to the full council again. It's a case study report of 10 cities that are moving to renewable energy. And um, it's really, you know, this momentum that we're seeing from these communities that show not only is it possible, but it's successful and we can get there. So what do do we learn from looking at the cities that are already heading this direction? We're seeing that clean energy can keep more money in local government coffers. We see solar prices have dropped 80 percent in recent years and wind 60 percent. Clean energy creates local jobs. I touched on this. The job growth in the solar industry was 12 times greater than growth in the general economy in 2015. Um, a just transition to a modernized smart power grid can create millions of new living wage good careers. As we talked about, too, energy efficiency work, those are jobs that cannot be exported. That has to happen locally. So really, Madison has the chance to become, to really create a clean energy economy with um, a whole host of new jobs that, that have to be right here in Madison by their nature. Um, clean energy saves people money. And clean energy cuts pollution and saves lives. Again, I don't want to preach to a choir who knows this, but we really look at more than just burning the coal at the plant and what controls are on that particular plant. We're looking cradle to grave at the lack of sustainability and the negative impacts from when you mine it, transport it, burn it, deal with the waste product. We're reading news reports of coal ash poisoning the drinking water of residents Near Racine, the the utility We Energies over there is providing bottled water to residents. This is a real problem, and when we are getting our electricity supply from utilities that are either owning coal plants or have contracts where they're purchasing coal from another utility or off the regional grid, we are contributing to the exportation of those environmental and health impacts. So really switching can can do that. Um, As you saw on the map, this isn't just California that's uh, heading this clean energy direction. Two cities in Michigan, Traverse City and Grand Rapids, they're looking at 100% clean energy specifically for their city operations, and they're putting dates out there. 2020 and 2025. Again, it's just the electricity sector. They're not looking at transportation or others, but they are putting some firm dates on that and showing that they can head this direction. And then, and these are just a handful of examples. There's there's 20 cities so far who have committed, but these citywide commitments that go beyond operations and are saying electricity generated and consumed within city limits, um, and they're putting dates on there for the electricity sector 2030, 2032. St. Petersburg is a little more um, complex. They're doing a full climate resiliency plan. And so as part of that plan, they'll they'll attach dates to it. Um, These next two slides, I am not going to read through everything on here. The point, I actually asked um, my colleague from Renew Wisconsin, Michael Vickerman, who's here or was here and is on the Sustainable Madison Committee, If you could share with me a snapshot that I can share with you of policy options. This isn't a prescription or even a request to the council. It's a snapshot of a menu of policy options that are out there for cities to create an environment in which a transition to clean energy can thrive. So as you'll see when you look at the resolution, there's the matter of, city operations, and doing what you can do there, but there's this other piece about setting the vision for the community as a whole. And and the question is how can the city continue to engage in that process in partnership with businesses, residents, the utilities, advocates? Um, And one of those ways is by exploring some of these different policy options that can be put in place. I will share this um, afterwards so people can go back through, and if they have follow-up questions, you know, in some cases it might be Michael, who's a better resource. I'm happy to field questions that are there. Um, here's just another slide. Discounting solar for residents, renewable energy riders, vocational training, um, looking at where there's good opportunities for solar development. Again, just a snapshot to show there's cities out there putting policies in place to set their city up to lead on clean energy. So, As I turn to wrap up here and turn it over to Raj, I will share a little bit here and just kind of recap Sierra Club's approach across the nation here. This is doable. Cities are leading, and Madison can join. Um, We would like to see a full transition of at least the electricity sector to clean, renewable energy, we acknowledge that pilot projects are a great start. And when we see our utility enter into partnerships with our city, we will commend them for those, those first steps, in some cases small steps, where we expand solar, where we increase electric vehicle infrastructure, where we work on energy efficiency. All of those things are very important, and they are worth applauding. And we need to ask ourselves, are they moving us off coal? We want to see more electric vehicles, but we don't want to power them with coal power. We don't want to just move from gasoline in our cars to coal-powered, uh, coal-fired powered, power plants charging our electric vehicles. We want to see electric vehicles powered by clean energy. We also want to focus on an equitable transition. So that means we can't just be looking at individual vehicles moving to um Moving to electric vehicles, but we want to look at the public transportation sector. Can we improve and expand public transportation and have those be electric vehicles? Can we make sure that we're distributing the benefits of clean energy throughout the community? Um, Again, the dates that Sierra Club is looking at nationally, it's up to each community to do their own assessment and figure out what's going to work. But the general dates that we're looking at across the country are 2030 or 2035 for electricity sector, 2050 for all sectors. Um, Again, I already mentioned the electric vehicle piece and the commitment to achieving equity, affordability, and access for all members of the community in the transition to 100% clean energy. This is a priority of Sierra Club. We're working with leadership in cities across the country to look at how that's done. Um, those are resources we'd be happy to share or connect folks here with leadership in some of these other cities, um, You know, whether it's making sure that energy efficiency is benefiting all members of the community or that new projects that are solar-powered are happening in, you know, we're looking at which communities are prioritized, That all of that's taken into account. Um, we like to see a clear definition of what we mean by clean and renewable. Getting off of coal and replacing with natural gas is not what we mean by clean energy. Again, we look from cradle to grave, and we're looking at the climate change and health and environmental impacts of extracting the fuel as well as transporting and burning it. Um, and then lastly, we've been so happy to see the way that this has moved through city committees and councils so far, and we have full confidence that it will continue to be done in a way that's transparent and inclusive, ensuring that all members of the community have an opportunity to participate. Um, so in closing, 100% is possible. We can turn widespread support into action, and it really takes this, you know, we've got Our local elected leadership, we've got the action of people, we've got our institutions working, and it all works in concert here. Um, The momentum builds, and as commitments are made, other cities, universities, businesses all become inspired to head this direction, make their own commitments. They see it's doable. They learn from the model. You adapt it to what works for your community and who the players in your community are. Um, and there's a huge power in this target setting. There was a lot of discussion at some of the committee meetings on um, what's doable, by what date, and all of those things can be worked out in the planning process. There is value in just setting that 100% clean energy goal, and here's a little bit of what it does. It demonstrates political will, and it raises ambition. There's the drumbeat of distributed victories that shifts the national discourse. So when Madison says this is something that we're aspiring to, that has rippling effects throughout the country. When other cities say Madison's doing it, we can do it too. Um, It's mobilizing local stakeholders, sending a signal to our utilities and their investors. This is achievable. It helps shift state and national progress and opens the door for the development of strong energy and equity policies. So, again, I want to thank you for making the time to listen um, to Sierra Club make a pitch about this, to invest your time in these meetings, in these conversations, to direct the Sustainable Madison Committee to work on this. Again, I want to emphasize that there has been huge public interest in this issue. We see it in the survey results that MG&E did, which a large number of their customers are also Madison residents. We saw the people who have submitted online public comments and who have been showing up to all of those committee meetings. Um, We will be here along the way to support and help in whatever way we can, whether it's providing resources, technical expertise, making connections, or just staying that channel to the public to keep people informed and engaged. And um, I thank you for your leadership. I thank you for your consideration. And after Raj goes over the resolution, I'm happy to answer any further questions. So, again, my contact information and a few resources, this will all be made available when I send the whole presentation. So thank you. I'll turn it over to Raj. Raj.
1: Thank you, Elizabeth. Um, We will be brief for the remainder because we want to make sure you have plenty of time for questions. Um, File ID of the resolution in question is right up there. I'm sure you all have copies of it. And here's a sort of abbreviated version of what this does. First of all, we're establishing ambitious community-wide goals, 100 percent. Renewable energy, net zero carbon energy, or net zero carbon emissions, that's a community-wide objective, but we are asking city government to lead on this, to demonstrate how it can be done, like the city government has done on so many issues before, and, we, and we're dedicating, we're asking you to dedicate resources toward that end. Um, there is within the resolution a clear schedule and a, a clear sort of process for assessing progress towards this goal, um, both at the operations level and then biannually the Sustainable Medicine Committee is being tasked with reviewing these objectives again to make sure that we're on target, to calibrate whatever, we are, whatever it is that we are doing to make sure that we're being as effective as possible. And then the final thing I want to stress about this resolution, it's not embedded within the resolution itself, but this is one part of a multi-pronged approach to to reaching the goals that we all feel um, so strongly about. Not only are we asking city government to lead towards these ambitious goals, not only are we asking the entire community to rally around these ambitious goals, we're working with the local utility to do what we can in that in, in on issues that where we agree um, to make to make progress. So you know. We know that the way that we're generating energy is not something that anybody really wants, even though we love the energy. I would, and I would say that the executives in the mg e don't want to be using coal. They want to be promote, you know, creating a profitable uh, product. They've entered into discussions with the Sustainable Madison Committee at your direction and with members of, or people from the mayor's office to try and craft ways that we can all make progress together. And so this is something that we should celebrate. This is something that is part of the overall process that's going on here. So um, I just want to highlight a couple of pieces from the resolution. You all have a copy of it. You can read the full resolution itself. It's not very long. But the first Whereas, which is basically just a statement of support um, for our shared goals around sustainability, but I underlined one pos- particular portion um, that it's consistent with Wisconsin statutes, um, Section One Point One Two in particular, which is about energy. Um, what does that say, and why is it important? Um, it's this statute actually empowers city government and actually entrusts city government with the responsibility for um, conservation of energy resources. It empowers city government, and it entrusts city government with the responsibility of developing renewable energy resources to whatever extent is feasible economically and technologically. Um, All of that is just to say... You all can have a an am- an tremendous impact on this question, even if our friends up the street don't want to get involved in the discussion. So I'm, I'm encouraged by the number of people in this room right now that are interested in this and are willing to take action, because we need you now more than ever. Uh, second, whereas, you asked us to create a working group of the Sustainable Ma- Madison Committee and consult with members of the community on what appropriate goals should be. Now, this is after... The sustainable Madison Sustainability Plan was passed in 2011 itself with really ambitious goals. But the science has advanced. Technology has advanced. Um, What we know about climate change is that it's potentially a lot scarier than we thought it was, even five years ago. So you asked us to get groups of experts together to talk about this, and we did that. Over five months in the summer and through the fall, um, we gathered community members. We gathered scientific experts. We gathered um, folks who work in city government right now, um, to give us a better insight on what what we are doing and where we can go to come up with these goals, and that's what we've done. And then the final whereas that I'll repeat here. We want the city of Madison, our government, to lead by example here. We know that there are larger policy questions that, a city government isn't necessarily going to be able to touch, but we can touch how we choose to operate, how we choose um, to fuel ourselves, how we choose to maintain our city. And so we're asking you, like you have on many other issues, to lead um, and give others the sort of space to take you know, larger, more ambitious steps going forward. So what does the resolution do? Establishes a community wide energy and carbon goal of 100% renewable energy and net zero carbon emissions. So I want to underline this. This is a community wide goal. But then asked to allocate funds that have already been agreed to and allocated and passed by this body um, for sustainability improvements, asked to direct some of those resources toward helping city staff members develop a plan to get to 100% renewable energy and net zero carbon emissions. Um, that figure is based on what we saw from other cities, how they were constructing their plans. We can bring more information like that to your attention as necessary. Uh, this another part of this resolution, city staff will develop a plan Um, perhaps with third-party expertise, uh, to get us to 100% renewable energy and net zero carbon emissions, including a target date for achievement for city operations. That plan will be presented back to this body uh, next year, January of next year. Um, so, summarize again, there are some other sort of process questions that are addressed in there, statements of urgency that are addressed in the resolution. I'll let you read those. But just to summarize ambitious community wide goals, city government will lead. We have a schedule for assessing our progress and making sure that we're on the right track in an ongoing basis. And then the final part, which I want to elaborate on just briefly, is that this is part of a multi-pronged approach. So today, each of you should have received a progress report from the Sustainable Madison Committee in Madison Gas and Electric, about the work that we've been doing, kind of independent of this discussion of carbon and energy goals, on where we can collaborate to make progress together. The utility, the city government, the community um, together. Um, And we identified a few areas where we're focusing our attention. The first is expanding solar uh, to more members of the community. So similar uh, but not confined to, but similar to what has happened in Middleton with a, a shared solar program there that's been wildly successful, uh, we'd like to see that type of project or something similar, something that expands access to solar power for more residents and more businesses happen here in Madison, and that's something that mg e has been very eager to get into discussion with us about. We'd like to expand the use of electric vehicles, um, but to Elizabeth's point, we want electric vehicles to be powered by renewable sources. We don't simply want to shift to another coal-powered uh, form of transportation. We want to promote energy efficiency. Absolutely the most, the cheapest way to reduce carbon emissions is to make sure we're using uh, our electricity resources efficiently. Uh, we want to pursue social equity and economic development topics as a part of this. Um, the people that are building out solar arrays should be, we feel, we should be bringing more people who maybe don't have jobs or don't have requisite skill sets yet. We want to be bringing those people into the fold, and city projects around solar seem like an excellent way to build a skill set in, in workers in this city. We want to explore transportation ideas. So really figuring out, okay, are there ways that we can modify our transit system to help us meet this goal? In which ways can MGE can e how, how can they help in that process? And then finally, we want to collaborate with the county government in order to make a lot of progress. Madison is, is a significant part of the county, absolutely, but so much of what we seek to accomplish can, can happen a lot faster with the collaboration of our friends in the county government. We've already started those discussions on specific um, specific areas. As their own climate um, plans start to come to fruition, I expect that we are going to be much more involved in conversations with them as well to, to deepen our impact and, and make it wider. So, with that, um, we've got ten minutes for question, <laughs> questions. So, with that, it's all yours.
3: Oh, it's me? Sorry. (laughs) I didn't realize I was first up. Um, I don't actually have a question. I just wanted to thank you very much for being here tonight and for all of the work um, that you've been putting into this, certainly from the Sierra Club, but it's so wonderful to see this committee um, really um, pushing forward um, on the plan that was adopted Several years ago now, so um, I could not be more thrilled to um, in in your work. Thank you, and and I really look forward to um, hopefully (laughs) once it's approved, um, once uh, to see what the plan comes up with when When it's approved. (laughs) Um.
1: First of all, thank you. Uh, This, I think, uh, I can speak for Elizabeth here, where really the credit here goes to Alder Wood and Alder Aaron's for their leadership on this and to the dozens and dozens and dozens of people who have been showing up at committee hearings, which are not always the most fun, but we make them pretty fun, I guess. (laughs) But people have been showing up on this issue specifically, because they understand how important it is, not just to them, to their kids, to their neighbors, to this whole community. So the thanks goes to you three in particular, um, and then the community at large who showed up.
2: Yeah, and to you, Elders, Marb, for showing up and helping give very constructive feedback into helping get this in shape so that when it comes to this body, it has been vetted and shaped by these three elders that Raj just mentioned. So thank you for your time.
3: Right. I also wanted to thank you. And, you know, the leadership of the committee and everyone you've mentioned is just really the thing we need to see more of as we face the coming period just more kind of grassroots bottom up thinking out loud how are we going to make it a better world so having said that and like i'm just like i'm so ready to have something done like what what can we look for as our first school i mean what would you guys say let's work on this first i mean i know you have some planning to do but just so we could feel like we've accomplished something what would that be what would that look like
2: I'll start off just very briefly saying what we're seeing across the country is that the electricity sector, when you're looking at electricity, transportation, heating, all of it, the easiest, most the solutions that we see out there and cheapest cost come in the electricity sector. So moving to solar, moving to solar, moving to solar, and energy efficiency. I think those are two two areas and. Um, I'll let Raj. Well, and the good
1: news, Alder Rummel, is that a lot is actually being done at the city level and in the community on those very issues. I think one of the things that we have to do as part of this plan is is find a way to demonstrate to the community that those types of things are happening and can continue to happen. I think a lot of people don't realize what um remarkable Thing the central library is from an energy perspective is a really remarkable accomplishment that we don't talk about nearly enough, and just the act of talking about it is going to get the community to understand like this is possible, this is stuff that we can continue to do. Um, so first and foremost, like those are those are things that um, that are happening, and we can. What's one easy way to? To make sure it continues, is brag about it a little more. And so we want to do that. But another thing that we want to do, sort of separate from the electricity sector, which we have talked about and focused a lot about here, is when, when we looked at the information on where emissions were coming from in the city, it, in the city government, it's coming from buildings and buildings, electricity and heating. The community at large, and this is true across the country, is coming more and more from transportation. So the more that we can, in, you know, weave into this discussion how we're going to expand different options for moving about the city, the better. Now, that's a big question. There's a lot to discuss there. But, um, but the city already has an sort of ethic around um, alternative ways of transpor- transporting folks. So maybe build on the successes we've seen there to get fewer emissions from that sector as well.
2: And I think, just in follow-up on on what Raj said, we can look at what we're already doing, but then scale it up, do more faster. We don't have to – once we see there's public will and this is a priority for the community, we don't have to treat everything like a little pilot project where we do it and see how it goes. We can look across the country and say we can do this bigger, we can do it faster, we can get moving, and uh, there's a lot of businesses in town that can help in advancing that.
3: One thing I would hope that you could help alders with, especially ones that um, have a lot of development going on in their districts, is kind of do outreach to developers because when I, pretty much my neighborhood's pretty, you know, we get Michael Vickerman coming to our meetings and <laughs> challenging, you know, um, he comes developers. To us they too. always say, oh, it's too expensive. But they don't really know the changes. I mean, you say that technology changes so quickly. So how do we help educate developer so that they it becomes sort of like that's the new standard, like silver leads is the new standard from like never heard of it before. So
1: how do we make solar
3: the new standard? And I would hope that you could help us with wow. that.
1: I'm going to say something and then maybe duck after I say it. But you have this tool in TIF financing that is there for you to use in, in a variety of different ways, including encouraging solar as a part of developments that are partly publicly financed at least. Um, that is somewhere where you can focus on to make sure that developers are actually looking at these options instead of, you know, not. Um, so that's one way you could get in
2: And Sierra Club would be happy to help in that. I mean, you're all stretched thin with your committee meetings, with your council meetings. Sierra Club, our grassroots power is is our strength, and so we have people who can go out – speak to groups, do outreach, speak to developers, put resources together and get that out there. It is really important that you bring up the development issues because once these decisions get made and you're building a building, those are decisions that have a lifespan. And so you really have these limited opportunities to make the choice to do it the right way now or you're locked in to an inefficient, outdated dirty fuel-powered system. So we are we are here to support you in whatever way we can. So as things come up in your individual districts, please be in touch, and we are happy to help there.
0: I think we have to, unfortunately, end there, given the time. I really want to thank both of you, Elizabeth and Raj, on behalf of all of us, for your briefing. As I said at the outset, extremely timely. And we know we'll see both of you early and often over the next few months as the Resolution goes through the committee process and then is back before the city council.
3: Great. Thank you very much. Thank you.